You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones and the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm John. And we're a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. Hey, John, what's up? Are you ready to watch a one-off movie that was requested from a fan? Sure thing. Okay, so this is the email that we received. Hey, Analog Jones, what's up? How are you guys doing? Uh, I've listened to you guys for about a year, and I notice every once in a while you say you take requests. Well, my brothers and I and my sister watched a couple movies when we were kids and we think you might like them uh number one is batteries not included okay all right that's a possibility but we skipped over that one because i wanted something that felt a little bit more fall and the second movie that he brought up was harry and the hendersons here's what he had to say harry and the hendersons was kind of just a weird movie that everyone forgot about we enjoyed it quite a bit it was on tv all the time and we rented it every once in a while never owned it don't really know why Anyway, I remember the animatronics and the suit being uh, one of the best things I've ever watched, even as an adult. Now, I haven't rewatched it in quite a long time, but I'm pretty sure that it still holds up. And it was done by the legendary Rick Baker. All right. Yeah, there's some more in there, but, you know, I paraphrased. Uh, Yeah, thanks (laughs) for sending that in. You didn't leave a name, which I noticed. uh, So we'll just call you uh, Mystery John. Because I see John, <laughs> which is funny because we have another John here. I see John oh. in the email. I'm not going to give away the email. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> Everybody emails so-and-so. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for emailing in. And yeah, this is one that I had not watched in a while. But before we talk about it, let's play the trailer. Eluded hunters, baffled scientists, and remained a mystery. Until the Hendersons bumped into him. What is it? It's a major discovery. We have to take it home. George. It's alive! It's my 15th birthday corsage! Uh Uh-oh. George, he's coming back! Stole him! I can't! How? Show him the pasta maker! This is our home! Sit. Exercise, Irene. This is it. The whole world's gonna know. (gasps) Ran away. Means something to me. Can't you see that? He means something to me. We'll never see him again, will we? What I'm gonna say now might save his life. There has been yet another sighting of the creature that some people are now calling. Harry! Harry? Since when does he have a name? Since right now. The average American family just got bigger. Harry and the Hendersons. Did you notice something about that trailer, John? I did. What did you notice? It was, uh, it almost seemed like a horror movie at the beginning. Yeah, I noticed they didn't want to show him. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like the, you know, the whole shark thing with Jaws. Yeah, definitely. Or E.T. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good call. 
Yeah, you know, a family finds something and then hides it, and then someone's trying to hunt it down, and they're protecting it. Uh, like, I, a lot of E.T. vibes in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, weird that, you know, it's from Amblin Entertainment as well. Yeah. Strange coincidence. Jeez. I wonder how that happened. <laughs> that, to me, is kind of odd that, like, you don't even show it once. Not even in the poster, because the poster yeah. is just, like, the sad eyes. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it says, let me read this to you. It says, according to science, Bigfoot doesn't exist. And then it shows Harry's hand holding the rose. And mm-hmm. this is Harry and the Hendersons. When you can't believe your eyes, trust your heart. But it's like a dark poster. Yeah, it's it's a very dark f- poster. But Harry is like super bright and colorful. They, I don't know... Uh... They just kind of don't go together. That's kind of a weird vibe. Yeah, I think they did better with some of the other posters. They're a little bit brighter. But I think most of them came out after people... Well, people didn't so much complain. It's just no one knew this was about Bigfoot. Yeah, you didn't... Like in the trailer, you don't see him at all. And I don't know if that... I mean, I'm guessing that was by design. So you kind of give... You know, it gives people like, well, I got to go, you know, see and figure out what that's about. Uh, but maybe they didn't want to like scare anybody. Like maybe they wanted you to like go and then you know kind of I guess like the family, like the Hendersons, kind of you know be scared and then fall in love with Harry. I guess they wanted the audience to do that. Yeah, I never got specifics. Uh, I mean, I heard from the director during the featurette that I found, and it sounded like they just wanted people to be awed by Harry when they first saw him on the the screen. Which is cool. I, I think that's a good idea. But if you don't know what you're getting into, and this could be anything, yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it's rough. You got to somehow show everyone that it's it's about a Bigfoot that comes into a house and then the family falls in love with them. Right. You couldn't even do like the classic silhouette, you know, the pose where he's kind of looking over his shoulder type of thing. Yeah, something. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they've got a few other posters. I mean, the European poster flat out just changed the title to Bigfoot in Harry and the Hendersons. Oh. So, yeah, they're like, no, we're not making this mistake. I mean, that is why a lot of people said it didn't do well in the United States. So this came out in the United States on June 5th, 1987, at a budget of $10 million, approximately from Amblin Entertainment, the main competitor for Disney, I would even say. And, you know, Steven Spielberg's uh, production company, but his name's not on it, which I found interesting because he put his name on a lot of movies that Amblin did, but just yeah. not this one. And I don't know why. I don't know. People are weird with their, like, contracts and all that stuff. Yeah, because I bet if you just put, you know, Steven Spielberg presents Harry and the Hendersons right there, it just does better. And... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, people will automatically see it just for his name. Now, we do play a game, new game on this. You know, you don't know about this. This is completely new to John. So, I'm oh, just, ho, ho. I'm just, yeah. So, I tell you the budget. I tell you the domestic. What you have to guess is the worldwide box office. But let me give you a few. Let me give you a few movies that were coming out at the same time. Okay. Beverly Hills Cop 2. <laughs> exactly. And we had The Untouchables. Oh. So, two heavy hitters. Yeah. The budget was $10 million, and the domestic, the local domestic box office was 14.3. Can you give me the worldwide box office? 
It is fifty million worldwide. Oh, that's correct. Did you did you just look that up? You didn't even guess. No, <laughs> it was it was on my screen the whole time. <laughs> it was, I had it. Bitch. <laughs> I had it on the Wikipedia just in background, and he said that, and I was like, "That's literally like staring me right in the face." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it made definitely made its money back after marketing and everything and going worldwide. Yeah. Now I don't know how much of a budget. You know, it really depends on how much they spent. But this kicked ass on syndication and home video. Oh, I bet. Yeah. You know, usually we like to ask, what's your history on this? John, did you ever see this movie before this? I had never seen it all the way through. Uh, it was always on TV and I saw snippets and it was always a thing where I was like, oh, you know, I really liked it, but you couldn't like stream it and just look it up and stream it like you can these days. And so... It never crossed my mind, and or I would be the only one wanting to watch it when we'd all, you know, go and rent a movie or something like that. So I, until recently, never saw it uh, all the way through in one go. So a lot of it was new. So it was kind of a, it was kind of fun because of that. But then a lot of it was, uh, you know, a little nostalgia and stuff. So yeah, I definitely remember this on TV. I, you know, I'm not going to say that this is one of our favorites. It wasn't because we never owned it, and I don't believe we ever rented it. But it was one of those movies that if it came on, we would enjoy watching it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was definitely really cool to see Harry. And, and back then, really didn't appreciate how legendary the work was on the animatronics and, you know, the the actor in the suit and everything like that. It's just like awesome what the puppeteers pulled off on this. Absolutely. Yeah. And rewatching it as a doll is like, wow. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> That's still pretty good. <laughs> How the hell did you do that? And I even yeah. uh, found a featurette on YouTube that just shows Rick Baker messing around with the face that I sent you. And mm-hmm. uh, he, that's that's wizardry right there. Right. Yeah, I thought it was it was all on one. Uh, but he said they had like three operating it on the set. But in that shot there, it was all on one thing. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And just how... And I, it wasn't like crazy loud and like really, uh, it was like just moved really smoothly and everything. It was just very, yeah, very impressive. Like it looked like that, that easily could have been made today. Yeah. It looks like all the crazy animatronics and puppeteering that they did on Jurassic Park with like the T-Rex where you just Mm -hmm. look at it and you're like, how the hell did you do that? (laughs) Yeah. Like you showed me the mask. You showed me all the, you know, little parts and components behind the mask you showed me mm-hmm. you know you playing with the remote but when they zoom in on the face i'm like i still don't get it how fuck did you <laughs> yeah. do that yeah that's out of my pay grade yeah it's above my head son uh-huh the guy oh sorry i didn't mean to cut you off uh but the guy is uh he's the guy who played predator too so uh, oh yeah i thought that was kind of cool kevin peter hall mm-hmm. yeah he played the jungle predator the jungle hunter and predator and the urban hunter and predator too I played Harry here, and he also played Harry in the suit for the first season. Oh, okay. Uh, I wondered Henderson's, that. Which we'll get into later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sadly, he died from AIDS-related uh, pneumonia on April 10th, 1991, one month oh. short of his 36th birthday. So that's the sad part of the show. But his uh, characters will live on forever. He had a unique style. He, he really knew how to move in his suits. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, from the Predator to this... There's so many just movements of the Predator and Harry that they don't even need to talk. I just can see them. Yeah. Like, I know their character just from his movements. Mm-hmm. 
which is incredible. I mean, that's like the greatest thing that a suit actor can do. Yeah, it's like he was a really good at pantomime, and yeah, you didn't have to. He you know he says one word in the whole movie, but uh, yeah, you get exactly how he's feeling and what's going on without a single word. Well done, sir. Damn right. Let's move on to this VHS cover right here. We've got a quote, a couple quotes from the same person at the top of it, which I found really interesting. A funny, touching, classy piece of entertainment, a delightful romp, a hit the size of Bigfoot from Michael Medved, sneak previews, PBS TV. He was actually a decent sized reviewer in the 80s, 90s. He might still be going. I don't really know. Uh, I've seen him in other family entertainment. He seems to, I guess, since he was part of PBS TV, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, just something to put at the top. And then we have Harry in like rainbow colors and the Hendersons is all in red, a William Deere film. It shows Harry with the family and his classic smashing of his head through the top. I uh, got the dog in there and everything. So the the VHS, the VHS cover is much better than the original poster. Yeah, absolutely. That gives you an idea of what you're going in for uh, movie-wise. Yeah, I look at that and I'm like, oh, okay. There's a giant monster in there with the family in there, but he seems to be nice. There's a dog. Okay, I'm down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other one, it's just like, <laughs> like it could be like, is uh, is he like a like? It looks almost noir. So it's like, is he a murderer? And he does he leave a rose at the scene of the crime? Like, what's going on here? Is it a monster? All I see are eyes, and then like a Chewbacca hand holding a rose. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think they were going way too clever with that original poster. I don't know if it was supposed to be, you know, like a a teaser poster. But for whatever it is, yeah, I, I mean. I didn't look at the poster and think it was a horror movie, but I get your point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got everything. Everything is a mystery. Yeah. Which sometimes works really good with teasers. I don't know. Just one working on that one. I'm just going through here and looking at all the other, uh, all the other covers. Like there's one where it's just a brick like house, and then you see Harry peeking through the blinds, and a dog's like jumping up on the window seal. Oh, that one must be the European one because that says Bigfoot and the Hendersons. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's the European one. So a different take. There's another pretty cool painted one where it's Harry smashing through the door. Well, it's like his outline of the door. And then it shows the family on the other side and it says Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, yeah. I see that. Yeah. <laughs> it says a new motion picture comedy adventure. Like just, okay, it's it's, it's family comedy, everyone. It's, it's adventures. <laughs> Everyone, it come. That one's a little bit better. Even then, I'm like, uh, what? It just, it could be a giant. Oh, yeah, it looks like a Drew Struzan classic movie poster. Yeah, but again, I don't know what it is. Yeah, there's also the other one. Looking at the this one, I can't tell. This must be the movie theater poster, but it's the same thing except it looks like it looks like the doors busted through and his paws are on the other side. But you see the like, uh, you see the city of Seattle and you see Mount Rainier in the background and. And stuff like that through the door. And then you see his paws kind of going through. And then you've got the one where I think that's DVD. Where it's Harry holding up a family photo of them in there. Oh wait, no, that's the TV show one. Yeah, I'm looking at the same Google search that you did. I know, like, it's pretty funny. I can see you going through them. <laughs> yeah, and it's the mom from... Uh, I, when it first started playing, I was like, why does she seem so familiar? And it's the mom from uh, Christmas Story. Yep. Christmas Story, and I think she was also the mom in Third Encounters. I don't think I saw that one. Oh, you haven't seen that? 
third encounter? Like close encounters? Close encounters of yeah, or close encounters of the third kind. Oh, I didn't know that. I haven't seen that movie in so long. Yeah, Close Encounters. Yeah, it's like the the mashed potato scene, all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's the mom in that, so we don't need to look it up. Okay, let's flip it over to the back here. Uh, short description. It says Harry and the Hendersons with the you know the nice, uh, colorful logo and everything. We've got color one hour fifty one minutes, and then here's the really short description, and I love these so much. When an average American family meets a legendary creature, the fur is sure to fly. After John Lithgow's car accidentally hits Harry, his life is turned upside down when he makes friends with the real-life Bigfoot. It's a race against time to get Harry back to his natural environment in this hilarious comedy for the entire family. And then it shows a picture below of Harry with the entire family. It's a nice production still. Yeah, it's like it looks kind of like the one that they, you know, spoiler alert, take at the end of the movie. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's like, yeah, we're out in the woods. <laughs> and they stick that in the back. So people are going to be like, oh, okay, they are friends. <laughs> they go camping together. All right, let's pop this tape in. No previews, no trailers, no nothing. Womp, womp. <laughs> womp, womp, All right, straight on to the feature presentation. And now, our feature presentation. This movie's pretty damn basic and it's very much like et the mm -hmm. family from seattle goes on vacation a camping vacation when they're coming back they hit something it's gigantic they put it on top of their car they bring it home it gets <laughs> loose it destroys the house they fall in love with it it runs away they try to find it and stop like the hunters from getting it then they save harry and they put him out in the woods i mean i'm just mm -hmm. racing through this because but it's that's about it it's that's it. Yeah. It it's is a like it's a very much like E.T. Simple plot, simple story. It's the interaction and mm -hmm. the star of this is just everything they did with Harry. Yeah. So, I mean, to start off with, you know, your director's Canadian, which I love. Um, and he got involved with Steven Spielberg through Amazing Stories. Oh, OK. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I don't know the story of how everything started. But I could see that being like, hey, you know, you did a pretty good job. You got anything you're thinking of. And he had, I think he worked with the writer to get this script going. They worked on it a little bit. They presented it to Amblin. And Amblin's like, yeah, we like this. We think this will go perfect in our, like, family entertainment. Mm -hmm. I don't know how John Lithgow and everyone got involved with this. Uh, the only one I know how he got involved was Kevin Peter Hall. And I'll speak to that when we get to him. But. John Lithgow, I, I think, is one of the best actors to never win an Oscar. Yeah. His range is insane. Yeah. It's funny to see him in this and then think, like, oh, he plays, uh, oh, what's the, the, oh, I can't think of the, it's not the prime minister of, he, like, plays one of the guys. Oh, he's Winston Churchill. Yeah, Winston Crown. Churchill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I You're think. Like, That's the same guy. <laughs> I mean, people or kids from the 80s are going to remember him in the Twilight Zone movie where he played, you know, the guy freaked out from the Gremlin in Nightmare at 20,000 feet. Uh, I think 90s kids would probably remember him from Third Rock from the Sun. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, someone later on, probably 2000s Dexter. He was in a season of that. or Maybe two seasons. I can't really remember. And then, yeah, right now, anyone, Winston Churchill in the crown. But I mean, his, his range is insane. Uh, mm -hmm. And he's also prolific on the stage. 
He's won Tony Awards. I mean, the guy can do literally anything. I didn't know that about the Tony Awards, but... Yeah, I think he's got three or four Tony Awards. He's insane. He's just a chameleon. Whatever you want him to do, he can do it, and he gives 100% every time. He's not, yeah, he's just not typecast or anything. He can, yeah, he'll blend in with whatever he is. And then we already talked about the mom, Nancy Henderson. Mm-hmm. She's from The Christmas Story. Everyone knows that. Uh, the kids, you know, I've never seen them in anything else. Uh, no. You know, Sarah Henderson, I know she's currently the CEO and publisher of Life Tree Media, which sounds like a Christian media company. <laughs> it does, right? Life Tree? Like they're just like. Life Tree? Yeah. I mean, yeah. If not, it's definitely like spiritual. Yeah. I feel like a lot of these Christians one, like they like to hide it just a little bit. Uh, yeah, you need to be watching to the be movie cool or still. show a couple minutes in. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is a lot of Jesus-y stuff. <laughs> Jesus-y stuff. <laughs> this is a little Jesus-esque. Now the kid, Ernie uh, Henderson, Joshua Rodeau, mm-hmm. like he's, I, there's nothing on him. Yeah, I was just saying, like, the there's no link. There's no link to him. Yeah, even Wikipedia is like, no. <laughs> we got nothing. Uh, we will go into Kevin Peter Hall, which we already talked about. Uh, he got involved with this through Stan Winston, who was working with him in Predator. He heard that Amblin was going to do this in Rick Baker, and he called Rick Baker, and he goes, hey, I got a guy. He's seven foot two. He's an amazing performer. I think you should look at him for your new movie. And they brought in a couple other people that were pretty good. He, they said he walked in, put on the suit, and it was just like, okay, you're Harry. Done. Everyone else can go home. <laughs> <laughs> I think with the suit on and his stilts that were with the shoes, you know, with the giant feet that they had, he mm-hmm. stood over eight foot tall. Oh, yeah. Because he made John Lithgow, who's six foot four, look small. Yo, yeah, that's that's right. Because yeah, I forgot that he was that tall too. So, yeah, absolutely right. The nosy neighbor. What'd you think about the nosy neighbor? Oh, so annoying, but kind of classic of just that time. Like there was always that character in movies at that time. I feel. Yeah, she became really big after my big fat Greek wedding. Ah, that's why she looked familiar. Lainey Kazan. Okay. I guess this is just a trope of the '80s suburbs, like. There's always the, I guess, stay home mom, nosy neighbor that Mm -hmm. like always has to be involved in the story. Like she might mean well, but she's annoying as shit. Yeah. Uh, They should really appreciate her, though, because they save some money having her babysit the dog. I can tell you that much. (laughs) Having two dogs myself, getting them babysits tough. Yeah. I mean, and they're still not pulling like pulling their weight. No. Still owe you back rent. Yeah. I also feel like that those characters back then have molded and become like the what is now the current day like Karens and Ooh, the classic yeah. like I need to I want to talk to your manager like I feel like that was the nosy neighbor at that time what they are nowadays is the Karen type of person. Oh, how they how they morphed into something terrible. <laughs> uh, one of the funny things in this is uh, M Emmett Walsh is playing uh, John Lithgow's dad. I found it hilarious that he's only 10 years older than John Lithgow. I just, every time I saw him, I just, uh, I just couldn't think of him except from like uh, Trading Places. 
Oh, no, you're thinking, was he in Trading Places, too? Because the doctor was in Trading Places. The one with uh, Eddie Murphy and Aunt Dan yeah, Aykroyd, right? Th- yeah. Dr. Wallace Wrightwood, which is Don Amici. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, he played more yeah. of Duke. Yeah, I'm sorry. You I- were talking, talking about the other guy. Emmett Walsh. He was the owner of the, the gun store. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, I, I always remember him briefly from Blade Runner, but honestly, yeah. this is how warped my mind is. I remember him the most in Wild Wild West. <laughs> 1999's <laughs> Wild Wild West. I, I can't even remember him in that movie. I just love his voice. He's always like, ah, grumbly voice. Yeah, every time. He never trusts anyone. He's always, you know, he's always a shop owner or something. He's just like, I mm-hmm. don't know. The jerk. He was the he was the one that was shooting him. <laughs> he hates these cans, and he uh, he was just getting him to try to sign the paper. And he's like, "Just and I also just quit smoking." And that's why he he was that way. That's what I was trying to remember him from. The jerk. He was the mad oh. guy shooting him like with the rifle. He just looked his name up in the phone book, and then just <laughs> Nathan R. Jessup, and then just starts tracking him down to shoot him. Man, that's a movie I've not seen in a long time. The jerk. I wonder if that holds up. Uh, yeah, I think so. I I've, I can safely say I've watched it within the last like five years. I might have to go back and watch that. It's been a long time. A long, long time. Just like this movie. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and then, um, yeah, talking about the doctor, Dr. Wallace Wrightwood. Uh, not much on him. He just seems like this character who comes out, like doesn't believe you at first, and then eventually believes george he's like i'm coming there to help you and even when he gets there what i love about him is when he gets to the house he's still skeptical like okay well i'm here i don't see anything and then he turns Mm -hmm. around and sees harry and he's like oh my god (laughs) yeah uh yeah and then that's funny because then like his character just does this flip where he's like a kid again you know that type of thing yeah like he Um, wouldn't even let harry sleep by himself he went and got yeah, a sleeping just... bag, came back in there, and <laughs> fell asleep to Harry, who was sleeping on pine needles, which I have no idea yes. where he got those. They just showed yeah. up out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. He just is coming through, carrying them. Yeah. Uh, now, The Hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we reviewed this guy in Iron Eagle. Okay. In his early career, he was always playing. He's an English actor. But he's always playing someone else in his early career. In this one, they decided to make him French. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, he's, when when he had this mustache, I didn't recognize him. But I'm sorry, when he had his beard, I didn't recognize him. But yeah, he plays uh, Poirot, the uh, guy who's kind of like Sherlock Holmes with the mm-hmm. crazy mustache. Yeah. Never would have noticed that <laughs> until yeah, after he, I looked him up. Yeah, he changes his appearance in a lot of his shows. He's a good actor. He's a really yeah. good actor. Uh, in this one, he's playing... Jacques Lafleur, one of the <laughs> experts on hunting the Bigfoot. Jesus, this guy is just like an extreme hunter. But what's funny is, is George's house, when we find out that Harry is a vegetarian, is loaded with deadheads. <laughs> yes. I mean, they're like coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, he's stuff them all into the like closet, just like because Harry wants to bury them all. <laughs> I you know there are some fun things in this movie, especially uh, they must have had a blast destroying furniture and like having the sets you know where like the the ground or the tile and the kitchen is just rising and falling and back in place with him just either sticking his head in the ceiling or something. Uh, yeah, tons of stuff like that. 
Yeah, and smashing all that furniture when he tells him to sit. Yeah. I taught him to sit. Look, honey. Smash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, they do that uh, back with uh, Dr. Wallace again when he goes, you taught him to sit. And he goes through and lands on the pool table. That's a lot of money. That house is Ugh. destroyed. Yeah. I mean, it's in Seattle, so it's already probably a little more pricey. It's funny, like watching that those little like hilarious. Watching that now, I'm like, oh my god, that's expensive. <laughs> it's like a different perspective. That's exactly I hope what they I have thought. insurance. Yeah. I was like, how how are you gonna afford all this? It's destroyed your house. <laughs> I hope that wasn't load bearing. Yeah, the thing that made me chuckle the most is when they're like, oh god, Harry, you stink. And then they just cut to the next morning, showing the neighbor's pool that's all disgusting, <laughs> like brown. Yes. <laughs> And then the guy pulls out a giant thing of hair and he goes, you got any pets? Yeah, yeah, you got a cat. Must be a hairball. The fuck kind of cat are you? What are you talking about? That is like the size of a a full full cat. What are you you talking about? Like like an entire like African lion? What the fuck? Right, yeah. A couple Maine coons. Oh, yeah. Look those pictures up. Those are giant cats. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got anything else you want to pull from this movie that you remember that's pretty memorable? I did think, like, the, it, it even kind of the, uh, like, going back to, like, kind of the style, it was really dark and, um, shot kind of like E.T. was, like, it was very kind of, not, I wouldn't say noir, but everything kind of looked like it was nighttime almost, lots of, like, kind of silhouetting and stuff, but then it kind of does get brighter once, you know, they realize that you know he's more of like a soft cuddly teddy bear vegetarian instead of a scary bigfoot guy and so that that was kind of interesting especially with it you know being so close to et as well other than that uh i had the part i'd never saw uh, that i watched this time was when he was lost in the city and they were driving when he was in the uh, trash can and the trash compactor um that type of thing i i had never saw that part of the movie so that was all that was all all brand new yeah Um, i admit when i was watching that i was like i don't remember this where they're like the hunter's trying to get him he jumps into the the garbage truck uh george mm -hmm. grabs him he's driving them both and yeah fighting with the hunter throwing his gun yeah i don't remember Mm -hmm. that And, and another thing i don't remember is at the end the hunter kind of becomes you know, he's just like, okay, I'm cool with Harry. And then we just see a bunch of other uh, Bigfoots. Yeah. Yeah, so I never do that either. How, I never saw that part either. How crazy is it that they just dropped him off in the right spot? Or was yeah. he running towards him? I don't really remember. Well, they were, uh, you know, they, they were one of those shots where they were kind of standing there the whole time and you didn't notice and they just kind of suddenly move and you realize, oh, they were standing there that whole time. Yeah, I kind of wish I would have rewound and see if that was some trickery there because, yeah, they just came out of nowhere and I was like, oh, there's one. What the fuck? There's another. There's another. There's a there's like a kid one. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I would. have. I don't know why I have like all I have to do is press stop, rewind. And I still <laughs> didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, they got to trick me. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I did love the like aha music video style, like credits thing at the end Mm -hmm. uh, with scenes from there. Uh, It was weird because at first, you know, it starts to it's footage for those of you who have not seen it's footage. And then it kind of starts to flicker 
and I was thinking that it was strange that out of everything on screen, that was the only thing like starting to go bad. And then I realized, oh, it's all like rotoscope animated and stuff. And I didn't, I didn't kind of get the idea of like, it didn't make sense to me why that was there, but I guess they were just a fan of that music video. Maybe that, that was kind of popular then. I, I don't know. Yeah. I do wonder like if they like sent it to a production company that did like, that just handles credits and doing all that. Mm-hmm. And if they like specialize in that, because I thought that was weird too. It's really cool, but man, mm-hmm. it's a lot of work. Yeah, and especially a lot of work, and then they only have it kind of off to the side in the corner. They don't even, you know, take advantage of you know showing that in even you know on a larger scale or something like that. It's this tiny little afterthought. And then the yeah. background is funny. It's this like red cl- like cloth texture, and it kind of reminds me of like the old Disney cartoons where they would have the intro and it would always have like the the main character of the cartoon you're watching and have their head you know in the circle and it would be kind of this red cloth background it was a very similar vibe to that which i thought was weird um but maybe that was whole animation thing but it had nothing to do with the rest of the movie that was that was what was weird to me yeah yeah, I just I just thought it was strange how they because at first I thought it was going to be just bloopers. And so it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I think I think we could have done a little bit more with it. But it, it as it stands, I liked it. It made the mm-hmm. credits interesting and I watched them. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, victory there. Um, You know, going it more into Rick Baker before we uh head off the behind the scenes and the well, I guess this is part of behind the scenes. Uh, you know, looking at Rick Baker's career, you know, with American Werewolf in London, where he made his huge debut from Gremlins 2 to Harry and the Hendersons to the, you know, Men in Black Aliens, everything. What I mm-hmm. found interesting was this is his favorite um, suit, puppet, animatronics he's ever done. This is his favorite. Really? Yeah, That's I funny. thought that was really interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was just looking at his filmography right now. Like he was in Batman Forever, Ed Wood. He did Star Wars. Uh, wow. Yeah, this was the one. This is the one he said stood out because he just thought Harry was the most human out of everything he's ever done. Wow. And part of me immediately was just like, well, duh, he's a Bigfoot, which is kind of like related to humans. But <laughs> Um, I know what he means. It's like yeah. he, he felt like he got the most out of this, become most human-like. And I can't... I mean, there's always going to be a part of me that's going to love Gremlins 2 more. Because uh, mm-hmm. just that movie is ridiculous, and he made like almost every Gremlin a character on its own. Unlike the first yeah. one, which most of them were made from the same mold. Mm-hmm. He, Rick Baker is just like, I'm going to make all of them different. Which is insane. You gotta have a lot <laughs> yeah. of money to do that. Yeah. Uh, but he did it. And I'm always gonna love that the most. But I get this one. I think this has some of the greatest facial features I've ever seen in a yeah. human like mm-hmm. uh animatronic puppet. They were just so smooth. Uh it wasn't like uh kind of jittery. Um like sometimes you could tell like it's almost like they have only like maybe eyebrows, for example, only have like two spots. They have up or down, and that's it. And you know, this they would you know it curl like it was you know like he was angry, and then it would be you know sad, and then kind of like um, 
curious and it was just a really broad range that of uh facial features that it, it could make it was uh i was i kind of forgot it and then realized wow this is great especially for the time it came out it is if you know they made that suit nowadays yeah i do wonder how they would handle this nowadays uh, a cg character uh, oh, i wonder right. if they would add any sort of like when he's stopping around or his hands are coming if they would replace it with any suit work mm-hmm uh, or do I a just, combo where it was like someone in a suit but an animated face, maybe. Yeah, I just don't think... I think this is perfect, the way mm-hmm. they did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think a CG character could pull off the same... Because the actors... The problem with a lot of CG is, like, you, you know, you have Gollum and stuff like that. That's incredible, what they did. Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. is an actor interacting with the actors around them. That's mm-hmm. why Gollum is so great and a couple other ones like Bigfoot. And there's been, or I'm sorry, King Kong, not Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Don't get that confused. But there's a few of them <laughs> like that. And and Marvel sometimes does that really well, too. I think they do it really well a lot because they spend a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. But most can't pull this off. Right. And it because it's so expensive, it's so time consuming. But what they did with such a little money here is kind of just why I think suit and puppetry needs to make a comeback on smaller films, Mm -hmm. not larger films, larger films can do whatever they want and they can pull it off. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thanos, Thanos Thanos interacts with with all them. Fantastic. Gollum in the Lord of the Rings. Fantastic. But we could look at a lot of 10, $20 million budget films and their CG does not interact well with the character because they just don't have the budget. Yeah, why? Yeah, <laughs> like Mortal Kombat, you know, just the. Ugh. Oh, the the new one. No, 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 the one that came out back then, like when. Yeah. What's his face turns into a lizard and like. Oh yeah. Just a weird yeah. face morph and. Yeah, just like ugh, it just. Uh, I, yeah. yeah, I get, I get it. It's like it's hard. It's really mm-hmm. well. The nineties, like okay, we'll excuse most of them in the early two thousands because they. They just didn't understand what they were doing. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think Gollum actually changed everything. Jar Jar Binks a little bit, but mostly Gollum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As much as Jar Jar Binks gets shit on, he was still actually in the screen. That's why people interacted with him so well. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's coming from a movie, especially, the, you know, the Phantom Mendes, where hardly anyone acted well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only thing <laughs> making it believe that he was actually there was like the best acting in the whole movie <laughs> which is insane because no one likes jar jar but i'm giving them i'm like actually giving phantom mendes a compliment like you know the interaction with jar jar is actually pretty good i can hear the crowd go <sighs> yeah Ooh. i was about to say check your temperature <laughs> i'm not feeling sick. all right <laughs> i am drinking scotch but i'm not sick <laughs> I barely had any scotch, so okay. All right, calm down, folks. Jar Jar's not good. He's great. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Throwing it Stick down. into it. I yeah. bet my reputation on it. <laughs> I never had a reputation, so I'm safe. House money. Uh, no, I mean the movie sucks. Phantom Menace, ninety percent sucks. But Jar Jar Binks character, he sucks. Jar Jar Binks interaction, good. Yeah. Okay, now that we've settled that. 
Hit the gauntlet. <laughs> the age-old debate. Yeah, Let's we've put it to, to rest for all the masses. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to a little of the uh, behind the scenes here. Uh, did you ever watch the TV series? I had no idea the TV series existed until you sent me the trailer for it. That's right, the intro, not the trailer. I know what you mean. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, the the intro. Yeah, I I vaguely vaguely remember it. I was so young. Uh, I mean, it did pretty good. It lasted from ninety one to ninety three. It's three seasons. Uh, I know they wanted a sequel. And they were afraid that after the writer, well, the sequel was coming together during the writer's strike, which is, uh, that's not good. Uh, we talk about the writer's strike quite a bit in RoboCop 2's review, so you can go back uh, and listen to that. But, you know, the writer's strike wrecked a lot of things. But luckily, since they weren't going to do a sequel, they didn't think they'd get some of the actors back. They're like, you know, NBC came sniffing. They're like, we are really interested we heard you had a sequel. Could we turn this into a TV series and just use the suit? And Amblin's like, sure, we'll sell you the suit. We'll sell you the rights to the TV syndication. Go at it. And that's how it happened. It's just like, boom, all the actors were uh, recast. Now, what I did notice, though, was that um, Kevin Peter Hall returned as Harry for one season before he, before he passed so young. Uh, so he got more work. I'm all about that. Yeah. I never really saw it. I don't really remember it, but I watched about five minutes of some random episode in the second or in some random <laughs> episode in the first season. I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it kind of like, um, uh, Ferris Bueller, like TV series spinoff bad? Uh, no, no better than that. But it, you know, it's definitely got the cheesy Alf, uh, jokes, yeah. which is, is clearly based off Alf from like Mm -hmm. 87 to 90 whatever that was where the joke like i only watched five minutes and two of the jokes were so obvious that like one of them he he sat down he's like well i'm gonna watch some tv after work and the dad like it's the dad from x-men by the way who was like the mayor or something that turned into like this weird jellyfish oh yeah 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 i turned into water yeah what i don't know that guy's name do we really need to stop and look him up and look him up? Is it that big a deal? He's got white no. hair. He's old. I don't care. Whatever. You can look him up. <laughs> yeah. I'll look up the TV series because I think it's just interesting. Like the intro. Uh, like he put his feet up onto the table. He's like, oh, it's been a hard day of work and I'm going to watch some TV. And then Harry put his feet up and smashed through the table. And I'm like, well, that's OK. And then the daughter came by <laughs> and made like this, like, well, I've got to go to school tomorrow. And blah, blah, blah. And then they made this like school joke where Harry turns over and smiles. And I can't remember the joke. I just remember rolling my eyes and going, okay, I'm done. I got it. Is it like he's looking at the camera and smiling at the camera type of thing? No, he's looking at the daughter and smiling. But it was just like, I need a science fair project. And he's like, well, we've got one right here in the living room. And Harry turns and goes, and smiles. And like, I can't do this. Nope. Nope. (laughs) No, no, not ever. I can barely do network shows now, Ugh. 30 years in the future. Then, oh my God, because it reminds <laughs> me of just how bad the jokes in Full House and stuff were. And you know what? If you're triggered after I'm saying Full House is not good, fuck it. I don't care. Full House <laughs> is not funny. People are going to tell you to cut it out, kid. Steve. Cut it out. 
cut it I out love- or they're going to be like, how rude. I loved it as a kid, but rewatching it as an adult, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. I've seen things like that. When I go back, I just feel bad. I'm like, I I drug like my parents to go see this, and they oh, had to they had to sit through that. Those poor souls. Well, that's why they took us to big bud, you know, big budget movies like Batman because they're like, well, I can take this. <laughs> Until it was like Batman Forever, or no, Batman and Robin. <laughs> no, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin yeah. was you could sit through Batman and Robin. Yeah, Holy Batman and Robin. Good. Or gonna... uh, Ninja Turtles three. <laughs> For our future episodes, I will reveal that we're going to do some more Batman animations because we got we got emails for it. Our downloads were huge. People like the Batman animations and John's going to be invited back. But John's also going to be invited back when we do the Batman movie franchise <laughs> and he's going to pay for it. Yeah, I'll make sure I pack my bat nipples for the yeah. episode. <laughs> well, I'll pack my bat credit cards so I can buy us a trip yeah, to Hawaii to, after that yeah. fucking shit. <laughs> we need a vacation. <laughs> I forgot about the bat uh, card. Let's move on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where John and I go out into the film jungle and bring something back like indie. This is our, you know, it's like a one-off. We'll call it the Rick Baker wing of the museum. So you cannot put Harry from Harry and the Hendersons in this. He's already in there. He's got everything. He's got an entire wall. So we've got to challenge our brains. What are we putting in the museum from Harry and the Hendersons other than Harry? That actually, that's kind of hard (laughs) because I I mean, that's kind of the I was telling myself I'm going to have to come up with a second one because, you know, that's a given. And Steve will probably do that one if I don't do that one. Do you Um, want me to go to help you out? Go to help me out. I'll put mine in. Help you oh, out. okay. Yes, yes. Yeah, go for it. I'm going to put in the drawing of Harry that John Lithgow did, mm. which is actually Rick Baker's first drawing that he showed the director of what he thinks Harry should look like. He based it off an orangutan. Really? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And Rick Baker did the other drawings that were put up in the gun shop where his dad's like, "You're, I freaking hate you. I told you to make Harry and the Bigfoot scary. <laughs> I should have hired a real artist. I looked at those and I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, old man? He's a good artist. Yeah. What an asshole. Like, I I took that personally. Like, from most who, like, we can both draw. Like, I was like, yeah, I've been through that. (laughs) I know what that feels like. (laughs) Yeah, you got to get thick skin as an artist because someone will just lay into something. The best part is when they don't know it's yours and they lay into it and you're like, Okay, I'll do better next time, or I'll change this. And they're like, "Oh, it's oh, yours? oh no, it, it's oh, it's fine." No, 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 no. The no, 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 no. It turned into a rap, uh, a little yeah. song. <laughs> Karens, on the other hand, they're like, "Well, do better, exactly." Do better. <sighs> They've got a four foot cigarette burn that has to be like yes. tapped. All the ash it never burns off. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Or it never falls. It burns, yeah. but it never falls. It's a ma- yeah. You're not listening to what they're saying because you're trying to figure out how that hasn't fallen yet and you're just staring at it the whole time. 
That's true. Okay. Well, d- let me give you two minutes. I'm going to talk about the trading <laughs> cards. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, you remember when Dick Tracy or Batman did the trading cards? Yes. Well, Harry and the Hendersons did trading cards, and I don't remember this at all. Yeah, I, I, because I, I feel like I had a couple from other movies as well. I don't know how I, how I didn't come across them. I had never seen them. I looked up all of them. I saw someone selling the entire set. Uh, I forgot how much the price is, but I'm gonna let you all know. eBay, Harry, and the Hendersons complete card set. Ooh, not selling for much. <laughs> ten dollars, <laughs> nine fifty. Not even ten dollars. Nine fifty for one card or for like a set. No, the whole set. <laughs> it's a very niche, very niche uh, fan club of people getting Harry and the Henderson trading cards. Seventy-seven cards from Topps, nineteen eighty-seven. Harry, like, part of me, I, I just want to buy this right now, just so I can show up. I can show it to Sarah, and she can go. Oh come on! <laughs> oh yeah, I guess I guess our son doesn't need to go to college. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then I'll immediately be like, "It's ten dollars." Yeah. And then I'll say, "We have a son." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please, <laughs> hey, here you go. Dress uh, dress your son up as a tiny little Harry in the Hendersons for Halloween. Oh, Just get him yeah. a tiny little costume. Oh, I've, it'll I've be a play because he's cheaper. so tiny. I found one cheaper, five ninety nine. Ooh, uh, John, you know that you... there's this like obscure like summit of people who are crazy about this movie, and all four of them meet. I can, you know, they probably meet in Washington and go to the places where they filmed it. And like, if you show up with this, and they're like, oh, oh. and they're like looking at, ooh, that's the uh, that's the eighty eight. Oh yeah. When Tops uh, on with Tops had the had the rights to it. <laughs> yes. uh, I can tell you that there was a canceled video game that was going to come out on NES and Super Nintendo. Uh, it was canceled because another game company, the the company who produced a game that all the sprites were going to be replaced for and everything, sold it. Uh, and I can't remember the game that was replaced on it. I am sorry. I read it and laughed. It was another, you know, just TV show or whatever movie. And uh, this was actually supposed to be all the sprites were supposed to be replaced. But they went with another. And then Amblin said, eh, fuck it. <laughs> and they canceled it. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, they canceled the sequel because they're like, well, none of the actors are going to return. So they said, fuck it, sell it to NBC. With this one, they're like, eh, no one's going to buy this. Bye. <laughs> Just just get rid of it all. Just burn it all. Burn it. They're like, should we save this for, you know, like, I don't know, a museum? They're like, no one's going to fucking review this film nah. and put it in a museum. Burn it. We've got insurance on it, so we'll actually make money back if we burn it. Good thinking, PETA. <laughs> uh, all right. You got anything for the museum? Last chance. I think, I think I'm going to put, uh, put the acting in from the, um, just from, not just Lithgow, but, uh, all the others, um, they are, you know, the the ensemble cast. I would, I would say, I'd put in there. So you're putting the family in. Them. I'll put the family in. Yeah. All right. Okay. Did you especially like the daughter when she's like, "That was my high school corsage." <laughs> yeah, 
there was that was very much like what a what the kids were like those like uh you know in the early 90s at a movie like it was little kid like hey you know you know like little son is nerdy but um you know defensive the girl is just worried about being you know popular and you know always like with a school dance or something like that yeah it's the the classic classic tropes yeah I like the kid, but that daughter, uh, she kind of uh, annoyed me because yeah, it was just I like mean, so clueless before clueless, except mm-hmm. clueless I liked. This one I didn't like yes. so much. Yeah. You almost, if she wasn't in the movie, it would have not really had any other difference. Exactly. She doesn't provide anything to the plot. She's just there to make like, you know, to make like uh, frowny faces. Yeah, yeah. She's there for a, a joke or two. Yep. Just for a gag, and that's about it. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up this week. John, thank you for returning to Analog Jones. We always love it when we hear your yeah. low tone voice. Let me say that. <laughs> low tone voice. I can't. Oh, my God. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> we love your low voice. <laughs> my low tone voice. Toined, toined voice. Toined, my toined voice. Uh, you love so my good. toined voice. Hey, Freund Leiven. Freund Leiven, lady. <laughs> okay, we should stop the impressions now because we'll go on for another five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they would. Absolutely. Can you imagine Stupid if we did a fat whole... Harry Henderson fans. <laughs> I was the first. I was the best one. People came to see me. <laughs> Potatoes. <laughs> that would be like a weird, like, um, like a special effects thing if a bunch of like, uh, like digital characters met up with like prosthetic characters and like had a had a thing. Like I'm, oh, I could see I'm it thinking, right now. I could see it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of like a there was like a PlayStation commercial where it was like a bunch of popular video game characters all hanging out kind of like in a bar and so you have all these like you know just yeah yeah like, 19, of different like characters. 1992 original playstation one popular characters or whenever that came out versus mm-hmm. the characters now and you'd be like uh back in my day <laughs> we only had enough pixels for a whole body and why your mustache has more pixels in it now than my whole body they say I'm 64, but I feel more like 48. <laughs> well, I was 32-bit. Well, I was originally 16-bit, but they plugged in a 32-bit. Made me twice Made me twice as much. That's when my hair's red. <laughs> Makes no sense. Anyway, that'll end it this week, so remember to be kind. Rewind. <laughs>